everybody. I'm Mike. I'm Jenny. And this is End the Nominees Were, a podcast where we watch every movie ever nominated for Best Picture at the Academy Awards. And we f- we finally wrapped one up. Yeah, we finally did it. We uh, did it, team. Uh, for for all of you out there, it only took uh, ten weeks. Well, no, actually, it took eleven weeks because we took a week off. True. Um, uh, but for us, this has uh, been better part of like eight months or something yeah, like that. It's, it's oh boy, long, it's been a long ass time. Yeah. Um, this is it. This is the end of 2017. We watched uh, nine movies. Indeed. And we talked about them yeah, a lot. Yeah. And now we're going to talk Some about them all. Some might say too much. Yeah, a couple people have said too much. <laughs> One person has said too much. <laughs> yes. Well, you know, we've we've talked about them all individually. Now it's time to talk about them all as a whole. Right. As the nominees of yeah. the year. Mm-hmm. The titular nominees. Yes. The movies that we watched are, or were, they were and are, um, Call Me By Your Name, Darkest Hour, Dunkirk, Get Out, Lady Bird, Phantom Thread, The Post, Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, and your winner, The Shape of Water. So, uh, those were the movies, uh, not in the order in which, uh, we watched them or released the episodes. No. Just reading off Wikipedia. Yeah, that's just alphabetical. I couldn't, I couldn't come up with that off yeah. the top of my head. <laughs> I, I figured we'd, we'd rank our, our favorites. Yeah, you let's, know, yeah, let's go for it. what we wanted to, uh, to win. Mm-hmm. We can go back and forth, I guess, but do you want to start from the top or the bottom? Oh, the bottom, of course. Start gotta, from the bottom. gotta work our way up to now the top. Here. True. So you want to go first, or should I go first? Um, I can go first. Okay, what's your number nine? My number nine is The Post. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, my number nine is Darkest Hour. Okay. Yeah. Well, The Post is a it's a fine movie. I've said that so many times. <laughs> right. It's... It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but like that's it. like at least Darkest Hour, which that was uh, that was number eight for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, Darkest Hour had uh, wonderful cinematography. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, everything was just shafts of light. It was comical <laughs> at times. Right. Uh, but it looked very nice. Uh, I thought the cinematography and the post was almost not good. Right. You know, at times the the directorial choices. I don't know. Um, whichever. Yeah, I didn't. I felt. I felt like the post didn't add anything to cinema. Um, <laughs> I, I feel very similarly about mm-hmm. Darkest Hour. Yeah, I thought I mean, that. Yeah, me uh, well, too. I, uh, the post is my number eight. Okay, actually, yeah. so yeah, I, I figured um, they'd be they'd yeah. be similar. Uh, but I felt that Darkest Hour. It looks very nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, doesn't have anything to say about. Uh, Churchill, it's true. or war, um, or I, I guess the 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 idea is supposed to be you know what keep fighting fascism and stuff, but it doesn't make it clear really that that's the point of the movie. It just seems like it's just telling you about a couple of days in this famous guy's life. That's um, true. It's true. Whereas I I know what the point of the post is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know a little bit about who the characters are, you know, like outside of the story that they're in. Uh, I don't think it's a very good looking movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I don't think it's 
they're, I think they're both fine. There are movies yeah. that, like, if you happen across them and you watch them, you might be like, yeah, this movie's all right. Yeah. I don't think either of them is a serious best picture contender. Yeah. Uh, the that's p- that's my hot take. They're both uh they they both be perfect uh Sunday afternoon AMC movies. Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah, the post you could even watch on TBS. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it would be a fine TBS movie. Well, I mean, they're it's the same thing. AMC has it commercials. Is. I now. Gu- no, well, yeah, I guess you're right. I hadn't thought about it that way. But AMC movie seems like a classier thing. It's not. It's it not. really is not. Okay. It hasn't been for over a decade. That's. That's a shame. It's like when you put on IFC and they're the you know, they're showing or yeah, is IFC, it IFC? IFC breaks my heart. Yeah, and, and they're showing like Armageddon basically. Yeah. I don't know if they've ever done that specifically, yes, the but I independent wouldn't be surprised. Film, Armageddon. Exactly. Oh but that's what I mean. I used to watch so many uh, like mid nineties like New York shots right. yeah. indie movies that I never would have I that Just I had watched, never like, heard of. Living in Oblivion on yeah. IFC. I miss I miss nineties indie actors, yeah. you know? Like I guess some of them are still out there doing their thing and like that's great. But but they they deserve more respect and more love. I want them to have, you know, their own little sub community. Oh yeah. Where they're just making movies. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> they did, it was the mid nineties. Yes, yeah, no, true. Uh but like I also want some of them to be incredibly famous. Like I want Parker Posey to be a household name. Right. It's know? a crime that she isn't. Exactly. But anyway, yes. I guess this is all beside the point. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the point of which is, I don't know, that, that these random indie movies are more interesting than either The Post or Darkest Hour. I don't know what... I, yeah, <laughs> I'm trying I don't to tie know. it together. It doesn't It doesn't. I, I don't know. We'll have to spin this off into uh, another podcast. Oh, God, no. Just um, another girl on the IFC. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Are we anyway, done now? Back, yeah. to, uh, back to back to the list. So so you know so we I guess have nothing to add for number eight because we just covered. Yeah, uh, unless I, I you figured... had something you wanted to say about. Uh... No, I feel like that about sums it up yeah. uh-huh. for them. Um, my number seven is three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. Me too. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this movie, it's it's enjoyable when you watch it. Right. Like, I'm pretty sure even if I if I watch it again, I'd be like, oh yeah, this movie's pretty good. And then in a week, I would uh, either completely forget I had seen it, or be like, nah, it's not that great. <laughs> right. You know, uh, it just I don't know something about that that movie. It's uh, it's occurred to me just now that um that I you know I thought it was it was enjoyable enough yeah. to watch, um. But was was even more enjoyable was to complain about it. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Yeah, uh, I didn't really do that, but I get it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And okay. Any so, other th- uh, thoughts about it? <laughs> Did I have any? No, not really. Okay, it's fine. <laughs> um, uh, number six. Yeah. Number six. Uh, why don't you? You can go for uh, number. My six. number six is Dunkirk. Oh. Yeah. Well. Okay. I know, which I had originally had when I was making this list, I had it ranked much higher, and then I realized that, um, even though I, I like Dunkirk a lot, and I recommend it to everybody, mm-hmm. um, I was surprised how much I liked it when we saw it in theaters, uh, I ultimately do not like it as much as any of the movies above it. That's fair. That, that's just it. It's as simple as that. I, I'm not gonna be like, hey, you know what I wanna watch right now? I wanna watch Dunkirk. Mm-hmm. I, I can see myself doing that. Okay. Um, but yeah, I, I, you know, this 
this is a pretty good year for, uh, yeah, for movies. Right, I, exactly. I can see myself, uh, you know, strongly recommending any of the the any of like the top half of this list. You know, mm-hmm. uh, my number six is The Shape of Water. Okay, yeah, yeah. that makes sense to me because you know I I even like I feel like when we talked about it uh, or even just like right after I saw it, I I I kind of feel like I could have ranked this lower but i think there's so much there's so many individual things that i love about this movie that it kind of uh, sets it above the like i i think i overall enjoyed the experience of watching three billboards more than the experience of watching the shape of water but i think the shape of water has a lot more to offer as a movie okay you know there's more like artistry to it yeah. i think yeah um i actually i wanted to to mention that even though I, you know, Dunkirk, I have ranked uh, number six on my list, mm-hmm. uh, I have rated it four stars on Letterboxd. Yeah. So, yeah, this so one... I, I don't mean to slight it. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, but that was, that was number six. Mm-hmm. Um, number five? Yeah, you're number five. Uh, my number five is Phantom Thread. Okay. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> your face <laughs> when I said that. I got really concerned. No, uh, it's fine. It's these are this, these are your feelings. Okay, and I, re- as you could tell from when we talked about these movies together, I, I really enjoyed Phantom Thread. I had a lot to say about it. I think it's a great movie, yeah. and and people should watch it. Mm-hmm. And but it's just that there are so many other great. Yeah, there, there are other good, great movies. This is a good year. Yeah, yeah, twenty seventeen. I should say, yeah, twenty eighteen doesn't seem like yeah, I don't know. as good of a year. Yeah. Uh, my number five is Get Out. Mm. Similarly, <laughs> I think I made almost the same face. You made like a closed lip face. I made like a big eyes face. <laughs> yeah, this is a good, fun, solid movie that I could watch, you know, over and over. But it's not. It's not. I don't enjoy it as much as these other movies that are coming up. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. I wish I had more to elaborate yeah, on. Yeah, that's. These, I think that's know. the problem with it, and I guess we can compare things. To, well, that's the thing. It's very, you know, uh, apples and oranges to compare these movies to each other. Yeah, uh, a, a lot of a lot of the way. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but number four. Yeah. Uh, my number four, I put The Shape of Water. Okay. Uh, I had had it. I had had that in particular much lower. Uh, until we watched it again, and I was like, "No, nah, this is my garbage." <laughs> uh, and so it, it was—it's just—I—I think I really think that you can't think about it too hard and still enjoy it. So I don't blame you, yeah, for for not being into it. But but I find I, I like the idea of just being swept along in this nonsense fable, you know, mm-hmm. like. Uh, that's actually, I think, even more than a fairy tale. I think a fable is a good way to look at it. Yeah, I think that it's a good way to look at it because fables are blunt. Fables have a point they're trying to get across and people do good things or bad things. Mm -hmm. And the moral of the story, you know, is like in this case is like... um, I don't know. Outcasts are people too. I'm yeah, not. I don't know. I think I've made up a different moral every <laughs> every time I've tried to come up with the moral of the shape <laughs> of water. But but yeah. So. Uh, my number four. Speaking of your garbage, uh, Lady Bird. <laughs> oh okay. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Uh, this movie rules. It's number four. It's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Let's see. My number three. Mm-hmm. 
I actually am sad about this, even as I look at the fact that it's number three, but my number three is Call Me By Your Name. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's just so good, mm-hmm. but but they're all so good. All all of these to- uh, these top three movies, I love them all. Yeah. They're all my children. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and it's just, it speaks to me less specifically, I would say, I guess. I... I think, you know, and we talked about this a little bit when we talked about the 2018 Oscars, uh-huh. um, where even though we'd only seen half the movies and it was like, well, I have my movie that's my favorite of the nominees, but then the one that I think I w- might vote for for best picture, mm-hmm. and, which is insane. And you were like, why not vote for your favorite movie? And I'm like, but but what if it's not the best picture? <laughs> and I think I probably would have voted for Call Me By Your Name. Okay. But but it is my number three. My number three is Phantom Thread. Okay. Yeah. The 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 top three was all kind of tough because, you know, I, I like in any year these these top three could each be my number one of that right. year. You know? Yeah. I feel this way too. Yeah. Uh, Phantom Thread. It's uh, it's a wonderful. It's it's a fantastic movie, but it's also like uh like it's it's a four and a half star movie that is somehow the like third best pt anderson movie right. you know or even like fourth or fifth best <laughs> i don't know so yeah um, number uh two. my number two is get out okay uh i really like it and um and I, you know, as we mentioned in the episode, even when I rewatched it, I was afraid. Oh, did I, did I overhype this to myself? Will I not like it as much the second? And like, no, idiot, you like this movie, <laughs> like, yeah. And I do, I like it a lot, and it's, uh, I, I think it's very powerful and interesting, and yeah. also funny. Yeah. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, my number two, Dunkirk. Okay. Yeah, I, I think this is it's uh. It's such a powerful cinematic experience. Yeah, yeah, you know? and agree it's with that. and it's such a new. It it feels like something really new in this sort of blockbuster epic filmmaking mode. Um, and and yeah, it's it's amazing, but it doesn't have the emotional power of my number one, which is Call Me by Your Name. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel. As yeah, About my call, my yeah, my number one is Lady Bird. Yeah, because yeah, of course it is. Mm-hmm. Because it is my hole, and it was made for me. Yeah. yeah. Um, like I, I can't remember the last time I have cried as much. Uh, it just, uh, it, it like wept tears of joy while watching. Uh, call me by your name. You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it's just it's 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 so nice. It's a yeah. nice movie. It is a nice movie. It's a nice movie. It's moving. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I love Lady Bird. I feel the same way about yeah. it. I find I I not only it speaks to my individual experience, but also uh, it's like it's cathartic and and I cry and and I I just love it it's so much and mm-hmm. it's and it's funny and it's sweet and and it's like that feeling of nostalgia for a place that I've never been and I have no. <laughs> no connection to you yeah. know but it but it makes me love San- sacramento mm-hmm. i i don't know anything about sacramento <laughs> but yeah. the, 
but you know, and it's it's great. I love Ladybird. Yeah, all those things you said, but with Northern Italy, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> those movies—they're both so much. They so embody their locations. That's true. Yeah. Uh, they 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 make those places feel familiar when you, we haven't been to either of those places, right? And never will probably. <laughs> But, and even there's, you know, in the last um, 10 minutes of Lady Bird, when mm-hmm. maybe, maybe even less than that, when she goes to NYU yeah. and stuff. And, and they never say it's NYU, uh, yeah. but, uh-huh. but, well, that's what I mean. That's what I'm getting at is like it, you know, it's NYU. You know, it feels like New York in the early 2000s. It's just, I, I can't yeah. explain it. It's just something about her walking along in her, in her orange coat to going into the, the the church and stuff and i was just like yeah. god i remember when i was 21 like <laughs> you know which you know like she's <clears throat> younger than that obviously but that's yeah. how old i would have been at this time yeah you, you know what i mean yeah i, I felt it deeply mm-hmm. and i love uh that there's just that one shot the like really the only establishing shot of new york you get is like her getting out of the subway at the West 4th Street station, and you just, it's just her. I could tell it was the West 4th Street station just because she's standing in front of those, like, uh, those basketball courts. Yeah. And yeah, I just, there's something about that stop, that, like, yep. little nexus area of, of the village. Yeah. It's, it's, it, it reminds me of being young, trying to be older, trying to be cool. Oh yeah, that's my um, strong association with with that part of the village specifically. Yeah, and so it was just a couple perfect. blocks from Film Forum where I yep. spent uh, most of my early twenties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so yeah, that these was are a, good movies. Yeah, I didn't expect to get more Ladybird content. I'm sorry. No, that's fine. <laughs> no. It's, I was enjoying uh, talking about this stuff. <laughs> Uh, I just did, you know, we spent over two hours talking about every single one of these movies. I that's didn't think true. we'd have new things to say about any of them. <laughs> but that's how good these movies are. Yeah, they're good movies. So uh, what I was thinking was, you know, because I'd been looking at my letterbox list of all the movies that I'd seen from 2017 mm-hmm. and what I had rated them. And, um, and you know, several of these movies are up in the top. Yeah. But not all of them. Uh, certainly not all nine of them. And so I thought, what are movies that I have rated higher from 2017 than these Oscar movies? Um, And yeah, uh, this podcast, we're trying to watch all these Oscar movies, but... You know, one of the big things you hear every year is, oh, the Oscars got it wrong again. Yep. There's so many good movies. You can't pick uh, all... You can't pick all good movies is what I was going to (laughs) say. And you know what? It's unfortunately true. All the good movies. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, there are are quite a few movies that uh, I loved in 2017 that were not nominated. Um, So, the first one that comes up is... Star Wars The Last Jedi. Yeah. This is a pro-Last Jedi podcast. For anybody that thought it might not be, I'm very sorry, but you have clearly misunderstood who we are as people. (laughs) Yeah, like, I remember, uh, like, back before we thought of doing this podcast, you know, like, when the nominations came out, before this, we didn't really, you know, we didn't do, like, lists for fun or anything, but I feel like we were talking about, you know, things we love to not get nominated. And my first thought was, like, Last Jedi for Best Picture, and, like, it it sounds ridiculous. It sounds insane. Yeah. yeah. But it's but so it's, good. Yeah. And I, I really think it is the... 
It's the first Star Wars movie for me since the original trilogy, uh, really since The Empire Strikes Back, to reach that level of um, of like storytelling excellence. It's it's a it's a thematically resonant uh, movie. It's a beautifully shot. Uh, the like the the composition of that movie is just as thematically relevant. Uh, it's 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 maybe the only Star Wars movie in which that's the case, where like the the way it's shot has like something to do with like the themes and the emotions that are being presented in the film. Yeah, that the actual visual, the visual storytelling itself is important. Yeah, uh, yeah, like um, Empire Strikes Back. Uh, it was leaps and bounds forward in terms of like acting and character development and stuff, but the movie just looked like, uh, you know, Star Wars movie. It looked fine, uh, for the most part, as far as I can remember. I don't That's, know, it's been yeah. a while. Yeah, it's been, yeah, it's been. And I do feel like, uh, I feel like there is a tendency to undervalue New Hope in that sense. Yeah, but I love it. I'm more of a fan of A New Hope than, uh, than Empire Strikes Back, honestly. I am too. Yeah. Oh, oh, no. We're that podcast. I don't know. Although, to be I, fair, I, I think, think I've better... only ever seen Empire like one and a half times. Yeah, for whatever reason, <laughs> I, I've i seen it more than that, but I didn't watch it as much. Like, I would just... Maybe... Wa- no, maybe two and a half yeah, times. Yeah, I would watch it... I would watch A New Hope just over and over because it's it's right, a wonderful it's, self-contained story. Exactly. It, you know... It's it's very rewatchable. Yeah. Uh, the, you know, the hero's journey has been done to death at this point, whereas... whereas we're at the point where every movie over 150 million dollars has is the exact same story basically as yeah, as Star a Wars. Bit. Uh but that was the first movie to really do it to that to that degree and it's and it's a wonderfully powerful story. And uh The Last Jedi, I don't know if it really works if you haven't if you're not familiar with all the Star Wars movies, not all no, of them. No, yeah, but... I guess it probably I do think because what I think is the most, uh, or I guess yeah no, what I think is the most powerful and interesting part of the Last mm-hmm. Jedi is uh, when Rey goes into the cave and, oh, yeah. and yeah and is surrounded by the mirror images oh, of herself so beautiful. and and it you know and that's that's and like it signifies how you know there's a whole mystery about oh who's Rey where would she come from and she comes from herself she is herself she will be herself yeah. Um, you know, her lineage is not important. What's yeah. important is who she is and what she will do. Yeah, it's a it's a wonderfully meaningful moment. And it's also the the first, I think, visually daring uh thing that Star Wars has ever done in any Star Wars movie. It's the most visually That's daring a, thing that I, any, yeah. any Star Wars. Yeah. I would say it's the most vi- yeah, I agree not the with first that. One. Yeah. Uh, but, right. I would but I would agree with that. Yeah, uh, so I I feel like the only argument against I, that I would have against the last shot being nominated is it is a sequel and it's not uh, I can understand it not being compelling to someone who isn't a Star Wars. I guess that might be true. Fan, that's a good point. Uh, where you know, uh, 
just a couple of years ago they nominated Mad Max Fury Road, right, which is which a, is a just, sequel. It's the but fourth had, movie in a series. But, but you, I had never seen yeah, a Mad Max movie before. You do not need then. to see yeah. any other Mad and Max I understood movie to enjoy fine. that movie. I did uh, wonder the whole time whether it was part of a continuing story. Like I don't it was think supposed so at to all. literally be the same character from the Mel Gibson movies. And well, I could I mean I know yes. it was, but but I literally couldn't tell if it was like a like a continuing timeline. I had no idea. But yep. it and I did wonder about that a little bit, but it didn't Yeah, it doesn't matter. It didn't right. It didn't uh um oh, what's it didn't affect how I felt about what was happening in the movie. Mm-hmm. The movie's own story and own themes were perfectly clear. Yeah. All I needed to know was, you know what? The world dried out. There's no gas. There's no water. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. We should move on, though. Okay. Um, But yeah, uh, The Last Jedi, that is my second highest rated film of 2017. I believe it. Yeah. Um, It's Call Me By Your Name at five stars and Last Jedi at four and a half. Uh, Another one... Uh, another one that I have at four stars, which mm-hmm. we uh, just recently watched for context for this podcast, was Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Yeah, uh, I actually just recently uh, down graded that one <laughs> half a star. It's very good. It's very good. Yeah, that that is you know even with me downgrading it a little bit, I would still happily nominate that above Darkest Hour exactly. or the Post. Yes, that's a hundred percent how I feel. Yeah. Hmm, let's see. Okay, so well, I've been I've been playing around this, with this idea in my head as uh, of the the Oscar nominees every year as being almost like um like a movie time capsule almost. Like uh, very often they're not the five or ten best movies of the year, even though that's what they're supposed to be. But I think they function very well as a glimpse into that year. Okay. Um, like, obviously, it's not the same as, like... I actually, I think the, that's the best way to explain The Post and Darkest Hour being nominated for Best Picture, yeah. actually. Uh, like, like it's not it's not exactly a good time capsule if you're thinking of, like, what were the most popular movies that year, because right. they're all going to be Disney movies, really, yeah, yeah, now. Yeah, um, But I, I think that... Uh, I think the Oscar nominees every year do very well to represent the times that they are in, and... Uh, I, I think these nine movies, for the most part, are very representative of of the world that we're living in right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- this was a very political year. Yeah, it was. Uh, you know, you had uh, ones dealing directly with you know leadership, like Darkest Hour, uh, and the Post uh, dealing with the you know the the presidency. Freedom of the press. Yeah, and then you had uh, you know movies about. Uh, like you know, contemporary issues of of uh, you know, race and prejudice, like three billboards mm-hmm. and um, in the shape out. of water, yeah, uh, right. in, in a way. Mm-hmm. And you know, I think even just the fact that uh, "Call Me by Your Name," uh, a movie it, about a homosexual romance. Right. I mean, it's it's been ten years since Brokeback Mountain, but it's still, how many movies of that kind get? you know, nominated for this type of award. And I think even something like uh, Dunkirk, while not explicitly being, uh, you know, about now, you know, it's a period piece, uh, you know, I think it it presents uh, an image of 
of world leadership that uh, maybe we feel like we're missing right now, you know? Okay. I mean, I think that's that's more much more explicit in, like, Darkest Hour. Right. Where, you know, this person is leading a nation in a time of, of trouble, and he's actually able to do it. Yeah. You know? Well, yeah. Uh, uh, but Dunkirk, it is, it's a, it's a much more, it's a, you know, it's a traditional image of, I mean, that's, it's that specific British image of, you know, we're going to get through this. We can do anything. Right. Uh, you know, keep calm and carry on. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I, I feel like that is, uh, is something that people want right now as well, even though we're not in a time of war. Right. Yeah. I have nothing to add to that that yeah. isn't just uh, garbage. I, I, I agree with your point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like that's going to be the big handicap when we're doing these other years. Mm-hmm. Is uh, I agree with the, I agree with your thesis that the, the Oscar nominees uh, speak to the times. And I, I don't know anything about the times. I well, wasn't alive during the times. I mean, times. I, think, I think the question <laughs> going forward uh, would be... Uh, what can we, what can we say about the times having not lived through the, you know, we're mm. living through 2017 right, what can we, like, right infer? now. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Uh, you know, I think, I, I think even, you know, 30 years from now, you could look at this set of nine nominees and go, oh, they might've been going through something, <laughs> you know, it's looks like, looks like America was going through some shit. Yeah. It's like, um. You know, this is like, uh, oh, dad just bought a Ferrari. (laughs) You know exactly what's going on right now. (laughs) We're done with the, we're done with 2017. Yeah, that's it. 2017, uh, officially over. Now, two years later, 2017 is finally (laughs) over. Finally, our long national nightmare is over. It's only just begun. Damn it. Um, so that's it. Uh, 2017, very good year. But how do you think this feels as an Oscar year? You know, just to go uh, in our, your own personal experience watching the Oscars every year, you know. Right. Um, you know, I often have not seen all, all of the movies. It's true. Or, or even the majority of them, uh, except for... You know, like, a year or two that we will get to uh, eventually. But uh, I think they're they're good movies. Uh, so. Yeah, I, I think this was a pretty solid year. The fact that I, uh, like, uh, really liked to loved, uh, like, six or seven of the, the nominees, you know, that's pretty. Yeah. That's, that's a good uh, amount. Right. You know, good percentage. I agree. Uh, and so I, I feel like, uh, even though it was just pure accident fate that we started with 2017, I feel like it was a good year to start things off with. Yeah, I agree. Uh, we remained engaged and didn't quit the podcast immediately. Yeah. Um, speaking of which, I think we're done. I think this is it. Uh, (laughs) no, um, so we did 2017, we did the most recent Oscars, uh, at time of recording, it's right, now the yeah. second yes, yes. most recent Oscars. But what do, what do we do to follow that up? You know, uh, we could have gone, you know, just one year back. We could just keep going backwards chronologically. But I don't think that it would be fun for anybody. I don't think anybody would be sticking around in ten years till we finally get to the beginning. <laughs> uh, so we're skipping ahead. We're skipping ahead all the way to the beginning right. 
we thought, you know, we did 2017, we uh, the 90th Academy Awards. I figured, why not do the first Academy Awards, 1927? Yep. So that is uh, our so our next miniseries is uh, the very first Academy Awards, 1927 to 1928. And please explain why it is two years. Well, uh, okay, well. I mean, the, the simple uh, answer is that uh, when they decided to have an award ceremony, I think it was partway through the year. So they said, uh, okay, so it's uh, all the films that are eligible, anything between uh, August 1927 and August 1928, because uh, they didn't to think of this in January, basically. Yeah, okay, that's fair. That uh, so that, yeah, and actually the it continued like that for the next couple of years uh until they were like all right no this is ridiculous january to december that's it um but i guess uh i wanted to give a little bit of background i you know i'm not a historian but uh i wanted to give a little bit of background on the academy awards since we're doing the first one uh i think it's easy at this point in time to just think you know uh if you know a little bit about movie history, you know, like, uh, The Jazz Singer came out in 1827. That's when sound, sound film started at, like, the beginning of, of the 30s. Mm-hmm. And the Academy Awards started at the beginning of the 30s. Uh, that's probably just the beginning of movies, basically. <laughs> but, you know, uh, the Academy Awards uh, starting, it was kind of the culmination of, like, the first decade of Hollywood existing as a thing. I think the first Hollywood studio... Uh, like the whole the first big lot that's like still in existence today that was built uh, was Universal Studios, which was built in like 1917 or something like that. And so by the time of the 1927 ones, Hollywood had been going for a full decade at this point, uh, making silent films, and uh, and actually uh, one of the things that spurred on the creation of the Academy Awards uh, was uh, Louis B. Mayer, who was then head of the uh, Mayer Studios, which that uh, became, became MGM, Me- yeah, Metro right. Goldwyn Mayer. Uh, he basically he was uh, afraid of unions uh, <laughs> starting up, and uh, he thought, well, you know, if we get every, if we get all the different uh, categories organized under one umbrella, uh, it might be harder for them to unionize, <laughs> uh, and also. Uh, you know, my stars complain about uh, not being paid enough. Uh, maybe if they get an award, they'll shut up. <laughs> this is literally the thinking. <laughs> Great. So uh, we'll give you a trophy. It'll be fine. They yeah. didn't even have trophies at the beginning, right? I well, they certainly. I think the Oscar design came a little bit later. Maybe they got like a plaque or something. Okay. But yeah, so they so the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences. Which was at that time was, I think, the International Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences. Even though it was all Hollywood studios, <laughs> they just wanted they just, to sound fancy, want, right? Yeah, uh, but like uh, American International Pictures. Yes, uh, but you know, Iampus doesn't really have the same <laughs> ring as Ampus, uh, which doesn't have the same <laughs> ring as the Academy. Okay, they keep uh, shortening it, but uh, yeah, it really started as you know. A trade organization to like negotiate uh, things, and then they were like, "Well, what if we, you know, give out some awards?" Uh, I don't know. I don't remember. They then they formed the Academy Awards. Uh, I don't know what. <laughs> this podcast is not a history lesson, right. but I felt like uh, you know it's nice to know going into. 
the first Academy Awards, what we're like, because we know we know what the 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 Oscars are now. You know, it's this big glitzy yeah. uh, show on television. But the first Academy Awards, uh, it was basically a banquet, and then they announced the winners. Uh, like real quick nobody gave speeches or anything and in fact uh they had uh leaked the winners to the press uh two months before so they could be written in time for uh the award so everybody knew who won right uh so it was it, and also i'm pretty sure uh everyone who was invited uh had to pay uh 50 bucks for the dinner <laughs> as well <laughs> this is a terrible party <laughs> yeah my uh, parents just had to go to uh, an award ceremony over the weekend because mm-hmm. their friend got an award. She was getting, not, you know, acknowledged for service yeah. or something like that. And they had to pay to go to this dinner. And I'm like, what's the point? Yeah. And it's like, no, I think the award is just a, it's just a lure to get you to buy tickets to the dinner. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what yeah. this was, too. But then they, got, they won some prizes, so that was nice. I think mm-hmm. they should have given out... Uh, raffle tickets at the first Academy Awards. Yeah, I think they should have had gift baskets, yep. you know? Uh-huh. <laughs> they do have gift baskets now. Isn't, they isn't, do, isn't it true yeah. that, like, everybody... Uh, I don't know if it's everybody who gets to go to the Oscars, because I can't imagine they'll give the same amount of gifts to uh, Charlize Theron as they will to, like, uh, one of the schmoes nominated for Best uh, Live Action Short, you know? I, right. I'm sure they'll find Which some way to seems, not yeah. give uh, them and two iPads for some reason. It seems like a shame. I think that, you know what, I think that the best live action short people will have more of a use for two iPads. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, they'll be able to shoot some movies on it. You can't shoot movies on an iPad. Why can you shoot movies on an iPhone but not on an iPad? Because they uh, don't care about the iPads. They don't put good cameras in them. Oh, that's rude. Maybe Seems like it would be a lot easier to, to do it. If, My iPad yeah, like, at this know? point is like eight years old. Yeah, that's fair. Um, but anyway, where were we? So yeah, the the first Oscars, they were a little different. It was a little bit more informal. I think there were only eight categories, uh, most of which are the same ones that we uh, would recognize today. Okay. Except, uh, notably, uh, there were two Best Picture categories. Now, uh, officially, I think, according to the Academy, uh, they've sort of retconned it so that uh, only one of those counts as Best Picture. So officially, Wings is the first and only first Best Picture winner. But there were two awards given out that year. There was uh, Unique and Artistic Production and Outstanding Picture. And uh, the distinction, Um, I... Yeah, I was going to say, just by title... That sounds like some bullshit categories, let me tell you. <laughs> uh, sounds an awful lot like best picture and popular picture. <laughs> yeah. You know, now that you, yeah. Yeah, that you this is not, yeah. this, this is not, not the first time the Academy has tried to pull this bullshit. Um, and, well, uh, the nominees, uh, and the nominees were that year uh, for unique and artistic production, uh, Chang, A Drama of the Wilderness, um... The Crowd, and Sunrise, A Song of Two Humans, which won. And uh, the nominees were for Outstanding Picture, uh, The Racket, Seventh Heaven, and Wings, which won. And so, can yeah. I interject real quick? Sure, absolutely. So if the Please. Academy considers Wings the best picture winner of the year, yeah, Outstanding Picture sounds like more bullshit to me than Unique Artistic Achievement. 
Yeah, it's interesting. Having not seen all the nominees, which, you know, we, you, we're going to do that now. Right. Um, it seems like uh, there is a sort of divide. Like, unique and artistic uh, production, it seemed like they were seeking out, you know, movies that were outside the norm of a standard Hollywood production. Something okay. about them seemed uh, unique and artistic. Uh, and the most out- the outstanding production, it's really like, this is classical Hollywood filmmaking, okay. just the best version of yeah. it, you know? So and, that makes sense. That's more what they are talking about when they say best picture. Yeah, yeah I, okay. and I think, you know, at least in the first few decades, that is really what they were looking for. Uh, I feel like uh, as much good and great stuff came out of uh, the first few decades of Hollywood uh, filmmaking, uh, the studio heads were really looking for a sort of... Uh, uh, homogeneity is that a uh, uh, yeah yeah they were looking for a sort of homogenous product they wanted it to be great within the confines that they set that would make them the most money and uh, you know uh, the first Academy Awards came at sort of the end of a decade of wild uh, experimentation you know the the form was just starting no one knew exactly how uh, to make a picture, exactly. And so you would get weird things like, hey, what if we just uh, pay two people to go off into a jungle and hope they come back with a movie, like Chang? Uh, and uh, and then they're like, hey, what if we ask uh, the most respected uh, uh, European director to come over to America and make a movie, like Sunrise? They were trying all this stuff. Uh, but really, going forward as an organization, they were like... Um, but what what's your best Spencer Tracy picture? You know, they didn't really, they weren't really looking to to experiment too much. I think in those first few decades. Okay. At least as far as I know, I don't know. We're gonna find out. That's true. It'll be uh, an adventure. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be an adventure. It's gonna be good. Um, is there anything else to say about the first Academy Award? Oh well, I did want to uh, say a little note on how to watch these movies because. Uh, I didn't mention it at all because I assume if you were listening to the 2017 movies, either you've seen them, uh, you saw them in the theater, or you can rent them on it. You can get them anyhow you want. Um, but these earlier movies, it's a little bit tougher. Sunrise and Wings and Seventh Heaven are all released on Blu-ray somewhere in the world. I think uh, Sunrise and Wings are both available in America. I'm not sure about Seventh Heaven. Uh, I know that Sunrise and Wings are available to rent on Amazon Prime and presumably most other places you can rent things. I don't know exactly how that works. Um, Seventh Heaven, not so much. Uh, I did check and it is available on YouTube in its entirety. Uh, now the other three films, uh, a little bit, a little bit tougher to, <laughs> to get your hands on. Uh, Chang was released on DVD by uh, Milestone Films uh, a number of years ago, and it's still available. I think they just print like CDRs of the movie. Um, it's a tiny little company, uh, but you can order those. Uh, and the other movies, The Racket has never been available on home video at all in any <laughs> format. Cool. Yeah, right? Uh, I think it's some sort of weird rights thing. I think this movie was produced by... Howard Hughes, uh, and then uh, got bought up by his company, which got part got bought up by a bunch of other things. I don't know. There's some some things in limbo. It did show on 
TCM a number of years ago, and there is a bootleg of this TCM airing that's floating around the internet, and uh, if you know where to look, you can find that. Uh, And the crowd has been released on, like, uh, VHS, and I don't think it's on DVD right now, but that is also available uh, in your... uh, (laughs) your local uh, dark web or something. I don't know. Um, you can find it, but the, the, these movies are harder to find. Mm. Um, but that's why we're here. I, uh, I feel like, you know, that is also the time to mention, I don't know about these movies specifically, and of course this is also very, it varies by where you're from, your your resources, yeah, but you, true. you know, uh, please check your local library. Oh yes, absolutely. Uh, I, it's a, I'm ashamed that I didn't even think of that. <laughs> Uh, hopefully some library somewhere has, uh, has Chang that you can take out, because it is a DVD. Um, if they don't have it, you could possibly ask your library to buy it for you. You know, uh, some, some places do that. Uh, some places they'll just tell you to fuck off or something. Right. Um. And then they'll throw a book at you. Yes. It's the only place where they can still do that. Yeah. Um. Uh, the racket, that's going to be a little tougher. The, the racket, you really got to to find that online somewhere. But it is, it's not on YouTube, but it is out there for you to find okay. uh, somewhere. And that's that. And if you can't uh, watch these movies or you don't want to, uh, it's We're going to try to be interesting yes. regardless. Uh, I will say, uh, right now, the only one of these movies that I have seen is Sunrise, and that, is, that movie is fantastic, and if you can find that movie before we talk about it, uh, by all means, please uh, try, try to seek these movies out in general. I think, you know, we're going to be talking about these movies, uh, and and maybe they won't be so good, but you know what? Uh, see for yourself. Uh, I don't want this podcast to... Uh, this podcast you don't is, have to take our word for true. it. Uh, this podcast is meant to re- promote the watching of movies and not to uh, supplant them, you know? Right. Uh, go watch these movies if you can. Uh, all right. Anything else to say about 2017 or 1927 uh, or me? I don't know. Well, I like you. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, as for 2017, see ya. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get out of here. Rearview mirror. Out. Ugh. Ugh. Catch on the flip side. Um, but we are two years late in wishing 2017 goodbye. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, but not a moment too soon, honestly. <laughs> uh, and yeah, I I am very interested to to explore uh, these 1927 movies because um, I do not watch old movies. Yeah, I I do. That, that sounded bad. No. I I don't watch. Uh, a lot of movies from the twenties. Yeah, say. I've seen my sh- fair share of silent movies, mostly comedies. Uh, I'm definitely not an expert by any means, but I uh, enjoy exploring. I look forward to watching these movies. I do think these uh, episodes that we record they might be a little bit different than 2017, just because these movies are a lot different. Right. The way we talk about them might be different, but uh, I hope they'll be interesting, and I hope uh, you all out there uh, stick around. Uh, and from all of us here at and the nominees were <laughs> HQ. Um, I don't know. I got nothing. <laughs> um, uh, nope. Now I just have the reading rainbow theme in my head. Yeah, it's all over. Take a look. It's in a movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh.
watching uh, Rainbow. I don't know. <laughs> is that good? Yeah. We, this is this podcast think, over? Yeah. yeah okay. Do we have to uh, say bye at the end? No. I don't, feel I don't like know. Bye. Whatever. <laughs> Go away.